0: The world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Hello everyone, I'm honored to have Tammy Bronk today as my guest. She is a shamanic astrologer, dream healer, and earth mystic helping world changers, visionaries, healers, and earth lovers empower their work with the ancient tools of sky alchemy and earth dreaming. Tammy has been devoted to the Venus mysteries for 13 years. I really enjoyed this conversation with Tammy and I hope you do too. So here we go. I had a Venus reading with Tammy and because I felt Venus was really important for me and um, it's really coming into play as I start to remember more of the divine feminine mysteries and I just think this is a huge piece that so much of us so many of us are rediscovering and is super important in helping us sort of solve this puzzle of who we are and and where we came from. And so, with that, Tammy, welcome. And what else would you like to share about yourself?
1: Hello, uh, thank you. Um wow, oh, I would like to I would like to just say that like all of us, I'm <clears throat> well, I, I find myself in a place of kind of a beginner's mind in a lot of ways right now, which feels really good. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you mentioned the thirteen years, studying Venus I <clears throat> I'm in a really interesting juncture where I'm about to teach a course this course for my my own way after these 13 years and I find myself wanting to approach it like and Venus herself and all of it like I know nothing
0: mm-hmm. right
1: like that's kind of where I'm at right now is I know nothing although you know but learning it through the heart just learning it through. um Yeah, it's just a sense of wonder and curiosity instead of like, I know it all already. Because really, what do we know? We live in a time, I think, where um, it all wants to be born new. Mm, Yeah. So, yes, I think I'm living in the riddle of – I'm living in the riddle right now, and maybe you are too, of how to – how almost how much – To dig into the ancient wisdom, specifically through texts and written words, what proportion that, and what proportion, um, where does it live in my body? How do I hear it in my dreams? What wakes up in conversation with another woman or man who is alive with these mysteries? Does that make sense? So what's alive in it Mm -hmm. now? Yes.
0: Yes. That's so interesting because for me, I think it's so much about balance always. Like, I I think that (laughs) it's so important to like, to learn. I think what we're remembering is how to access that personally, you know, Ah, yeah. where um, I think for me personally, like that's what was missing for a long time, or I just didn't trust it, you know? And then it's I think it's also good to kind of balance it with that research and that like, yeah, that like masculine side of like, uh, let me find the the evidence for this. I don't know. I mean, that that could even be. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. No, honor that. Absolutely. I I agree. I'm there, too. I hear that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: But yeah, I think like right now, the heart, the heart energy is just huge. You know, Mm -hmm. and and do you feel like a part of that might be this Venus cycle that we're coming into?
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, You know, if you think Leo, because this is a Leo Venus cycle, and meaning that Leo, well, in both ways, that when the Venus is at inferior or interior conjunction with the Sun, when Venus is at Kazemi, that that happens every 1.6 years. Um, that begins a cycle, or the way that we work with it, the way I work with it, is the cycle begins when you first see Venus in the morning sky. Um, both cases, Venus is in the sign of Leo. And so this is the beginning of a Leo-Venus cycle or overstory. And Leo, what is her essence? It's, you know, the queen. It's Leo has to do with, um, I do think it has to do with the wisdom of the heart. It has to do with what it what it looks and feels like when we have this beautiful, generous heart where we're so anchored into our spirit is so alive in our being that we breathe that I am essence, mm. that we we are the royalty, we are divine. And so we just pour out this divine love. Mm. I, I absolutely think Leo is heart centered in her highest and integrated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it's That's so interesting because I'm feeling all of that so much, like so much mm. has been coming through around the messages that you're you're saying right now. And so it's really interesting for me to think about taking that, which feels so good, and now starting to release even more as she goes through yeah her morning star phase yeah. like it's just like wow where are we going next because this is ah. great you know what i mean right
1: yeah i love that you're saying that absolutely how much better can it get almost uh huh interesting yeah yeah absolutely and i think maybe when i did your reading we talked a little bit about how um you know morning star phase that to me, that's my favorite phase. That's why that's the course that I'm teaching right now for the first time is focused on Morning Star, as mm-hmm. much as it is about Leo or the particular flavor and texture and feminine presence at the heart of it. Uh, Morning Star journey itself is so beautiful because this is the time in the Inanna stories that are based on the Venus cycle where she is removing. It's like the the sacred striptease or the um, the dance of seven veils or It's where the feminine divine, who is all of us, is letting go at seven different gates. She's releasing something. And what is so interesting about what she's releasing and what we are releasing, I think, in the Morningstar phase, um, well, we always go back to the theme. What's the theme? It's Leo. And what is Leo really about it? It's hard. It's how do we love ourselves? How do we honor our divinity? How do we really... um, shine our light in the world. And so it's like, how, um, what have we absorbed? What have we taken on? That's not us. What have I taken on? that's not me. What are the layers that I get to peel away to be, to shine as I am in my deepest authenticity. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like to me. So, Mm -hmm. so how much already, right. I love what you're saying. It's like, if we're already feeling this awake in our hearts and excited kind of enthusiastic Mm -hmm. um yeah how good does it get to feel and i love that you say it that way because what i'm excited about when i say beginner's mind i think a part of me with this venus cycle also has been and i think our journey our group venus alchemy group has been doing this too has been collectively healing some of the layers of density around this that feels more like this heavy kind of sacrifice, right? Like, oh, the goddess is going to the underworld, she's going down to hell, you know, she's got to let go of everything. And it's going to be so hard. And I don't want to let go. And what am I gonna have to get rid of? And oh, this is scary, right? It's like that, that scary, like, say, you know, telling the horror story or the scary story that's, and we've been feeling some of that but now i think we're moving into a new zone and it's more like oh no 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 let's actually realize what this is mm. it's very different than that it's it's what do we now this is for you because of your work in the heart of it <laughs> how do we get to lighten our hearts how do we get to unburden what we've carried that no longer it's too heavy for this time we live in it's not it's no longer needed. And anyway, we've already worked through it so many times. Can we really finally just let it go? Can we really finally just put it down?
0: God, that's been a huge theme through my journey, (laughs) where it's just like, I feel like over and over spirits like, you can let it go. You can let it go. You can let it go. (laughs) But there's so much to Feel that's how i felt about it.
1: And I think that's one yeah. of the big
0: lessons yes. in life is to feel yes. you will yes. all to allow
1: any emotions.
0: You. you know? Yes,
1: that's right. That's right. And that's the gift in it. That that's absolutely the gift because I think and this is the mm, I love that. I it just this is the dance, right? And I think you and I both have Mars and Scorpio. So part of the I hope that's okay, a little disclosure there. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, as we were speaking before we we you started recording, it's you know this dance that, that's about about that you know about that feeling and going into the darker places. And I think for me, the distinction is, it's like what Resma Minajim, who's a really beautiful um, healer, racial healer, but in the through somatic work, he talks about the difference between clean pain and dirty pain. And I think that's part of what we're talking about here. If we're authentically feeling, moving through the layers and feeling that density of what wants to be healed, and we're really becoming more skillful at that capacity to let that emotion and that feeling move through us without fear, without blocking it, without trying to make it go away. That's a very different sensation than when we get locked into our mind and we create these loops of suffering. Yeah. And and guilt and shame are a big piece of that. I think that's, I think what we can lay down guilt and shame. Yes. A a certain texture of that can still help us be, you know, loving, kind humans. They're still needed. I think those emotions are, it's just that they've been blown out of proportion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. And I, um, it's funny when we the way that this conversation started was like, after my reading, I just got all these inspirations to talk to you about the anonymous. <laughs> and are we creating a new myth? Or, you know, you see like these recapitulations of the myth throughout time, right? And it's like, It's been, you know, I didn't know the Anonymous. I knew the Osiris and Isis and Set myth. You know, you still have Isis in that one. But then, you know, we have Quetzalcoatl, which feels, I don't, maybe I don't know that one deep enough to know about the feminine where that comes in. But to me, that feels more masculine. And then we have Christ. But Mary Magdalene was a part of that. And she was wiped away. You know, so there's been a feminine piece that was missing, and learning about Inanna and bringing that, even though it's so ancient and it's so, Mm -hmm. it
1: feels so precious to me. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Um, it it really helped me. You know, like put more pieces together Mm. in understanding this myth, and I think um, a part of what you're talking about as well is like what is sacrifice and what does it actually look like, you know, beyond the guilt and shame, like beyond the, um, you must sacrifice yourself for others, you know, like there's, there's a lot of deprogramming that we're doing. Yes. I I feel like this anonymous helped me understand what, what is the value in that sacrifice, which you pointed out to me means to make sacred. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like that's kind of what's happening in this conversation already. We're already talking about where this myth mm-hmm. is going. Mm-hmm. But would you mind um, sharing with us what the Anonymous is mm-hmm. and and how Venus correlates with it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Mm. I love that you say she's primal. Mm. Um, yeah, she's primal. Um. So the Inanna story is, you know, and and depending on the age of people who are listening, because we all now have such different origination points in terms of what we learn in school and everything else. But when I was growing up, I remember learning at some point that the first written, the first uh, kind of literature or story that was written down was the Epic of Gilgamesh. Mm. That's what I was told. Mm -hmm. And and, and so that was, you know, this kind of beginning point of Western culture. And, um, but what I came to learn as I began to study Inanna is that actually her stories came before that. And so, of course, as the first written stories that we know of from ancient Sumer, which is present day Iraq, that in and of itself, to me is very, very interesting. Um These stories were found on all of these tablets across ancient Mesopotamia. That's like the Garden of Eden, right? If you think about in the Bible, that's the Garden of Eden area. These stories were told about Inanna, the goddess Inanna. And so she was, I'm curious about who she was originally. I don't think we can know that. But the Mm -hmm. tablets give you a hint of what the oral histories around were around who she was. And among other things, she had become kind of a conglomerate or a A one being that represented probably many beings historically. One facet of the feminine that held and contained many faces. So, you know, I think when some of the feminists, and some of the women who are elders in this movement of recovering the goddess, um, when they first discovered her, they were blown away and fell in love with her because Venus herself as the goddess in ancient Greece and Rome and the feminine, the way she was being spoken of often was as this one-dimensional kind of being who was all love and light, right? Just, you know, all the good things about feminine, all the in quotes, good things. Inanna was more complex than that, force of nature as all true deity originally was. All true deity is, is, is a representation of forces of this natural primal world. So Inanna was many things. She was the goddess of heaven and earth. So there you see, you know, she bridges. She was a goddess of war, she was a goddess of agriculture, a goddess of love. She had beautiful epic poems written, you know, where she is like this intimate lover, you know, the, the, the beloved. And, um, you know, she, so she has, she's many multifaceted goddess. And so her story that we, we talk about that relates to the Venus cycle is the story of her descent into the underworld. And again, you know, I, I always speak about this feel what's, vital about her is that she chose to go to the underworld that's how kind of powerful in a sense she was um and so she in her story she sets her ear to the great below in the beginning of the story and i love this because she's this all-powerful goddess everybody loves anana you know she's like at the height of her powers and yet she has this moment where she's like there's more there's more to life than this and I always feel like that's where she, she's, she is us, you know, she is all of us, not just women, men and women, all that are feminine souls. I think she, she expresses that. So she's setting her ear to the great below and there's a deeper calling that she feels drawn to. And, um, and so she feels called to go to the underworld. She is shown that uh, she must remove uh, a sacred vestment. The word in Sumerian was the meh, m e, like which is funny to me because it's like everything that she adorns herself with that that shows the world who she is. Everything she is wearing that is her identity, her crown, her royal robes, her scepter, etc., etc., etc. All of the queenly adornments she will be required to go through seven gates. And at each of these gates, she goes through a procedure. It's an alchemical procedure of a releasing of each of these vestments. Of course, those vestments correspond to the seven chakras. And so there is a process of releasing uh, at each of these seven chakras until she comes to, she enters the chamber of the underworld of this, this deeper reality and in that deeper reality, I'm not even going to say what happens because in the story, there is a version of what happens. She meets her sister, the dark goddess Ereshkigal, the underworld goddess. Something happens in that story. Um, and I think we are at a point now where we're going to ask ourselves, well, what is the actual story? Because these stories we hear often had an agenda behind them, mm-hmm. our version of the story. and But we know that she went through a death and a rebirth of some sort. We know she was there doing her deeper work. She know she we know she was facing aspects of herself that she hadn't faced before. We know that she was in a deep uh, process of initiation and and deathing and birthing as we go through in our lives. So so Inanna chose this journey. Um, most of us, you know, like Marian Woodman, the incredible Jungian, um, she would say that. She has a story about Baba Yaga. She says that, um, like, uh, how do I paraphrase? There's something about how really, you know, there's about 60% of us. It's like a riddle. 60% chooses the descent or the difficult experience, and probably 80% of us wouldn't choose it. Or there's some ridiculous number, right? It's just like, so I wonder about Inanna too. Did she? Did she know what she was getting herself into? Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm telling a long version of the story, but. She goes to the underworld, she goes through through initiation, and then she is brought back to life through very, there's a lot of layers to the story. It's a beautiful story. And then she emerges as an initiated goddess. And once again, she goes through these seven gates. But in this process, it's the alchemical process of restoration, rectification, resurrection, where she is reclaiming these facets of her being, but in a new way and as a new, as a new being. Um, having gone through this process. Mm. So, you know, this is a very important story that's been used within women's circles, I would say for ages, you know, and and the story emerges 5000 years ago, so it's much, much older. So that's just a taste of it. Of course, I could go on and on for hours, but I won't, I won't do (laughs) that here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure you have plenty you want to share as well Oh <laughs> well, no I I'm
0: just I'm loving listening to you like I love the passion and now it just flows through you too like I so um yeah I I feel like you know this term one of my questions that I was that came up was why do we call it the underworld you know like I yeah. I um one of the books that really helped me understand my own experience was The Lost Art of Resurrection by Freddie Silva. And I don't remember him um, exploring the Anonymous, but he always refers to it as the other world. And nice. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. So I've, I've always kind of wondered, you know, I mean, I get the three we have like the, the above, the here and the below, you know, everything's a Trinity, but it's almost like when these worlds merge, when we stop separating them into two, you know, maybe that's when it can become the
1: other world. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Yeah. When we realize, we realize that world is here right now, right here. Hmm. All three worlds are existent right here where we are. We have the capacity we're remembering of yeah. how to move into those worlds as is appropriate yeah. depending on our process. Yeah. The other world, I love that. <laughs> Gives a whole new definition to the the concept of othering, right? But in this case, the othering is actually taking the charge out of it that it's a bad versus good because that's what we do, right? Yeah. We say underworld bad, this world good, it's so not real, it's so not true. It It adds, wow, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, the other thing that uh, came to me was how, you know, as we've sort of lost this connection to the goddess, there's been a fear of death that has just permeated mm. culture. And I think that's a part of why we call it the underworld, you know, like it's mm. so afraid and it it could actually be such a beautiful process if we weren't afraid of it you know wow
1: yeah i'm feeling what you're saying so much behind your words
0: yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i've i've been initiated through (laughs) death in many ways and Mm. it's wild how like we were talking about earlier you know with this mars and scorpio how you dive so deep into the depths Mm. And then you can equally, you know, sort of soar where you really see this bigger picture and you see so much light, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, Mm -hmm. that feels like that's, that's part of this death portal and this rebirth process, what we're talking about, about like not being afraid of it, but, but, um, maybe this Leo energy is bringing us some bravery, to mm. transform you
1: know yeah yeah some deep courage i love that yeah bringing us some bravery to transform and when you say bravery to transform you are talking about again that the maybe before we started recording you were talking about how for you the process of feeling is so important mm-hmm. the actual process of the feeling yeah, or maybe I guess I'm I'm like losing track of time now because we're in this total portal. <laughs> but, <laughs> that <with> but me. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 me too, right? And bring us together. It's wild. So, so what I'm curious for you with the feeling, how, how do you experience that deep feeling? Hmm. You Nothing. Know how does that when you're working through these layers? Oh gosh, makes sense. That's kind of a big question.
0: Yeah, you know, for me, I think that um, I've always I've been afraid to feel because yeah. it feels like it will never end.
1: Right. And and you know
0: what? That's a perfect mm. um, metaphor for how we've been seeing death as well.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you.
0: You know, I just I just thank you. I just put that together.
1: That's great. That's incredible.
0: And so a lot of times, like when I need to feel, you know, there's lots of tears. I mean, if you want to talk literally, it's like, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. there's so
0: many tears and there's this, like, mm-hmm. I've just learned about what they call keening, you know, where yes. I feel like I, I, you know, maybe I had the community to keen in, but maybe mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling vulnerable enough to allow myself to do that, you know? Yes. But um, yeah. yeah, if we can stop fearing that portal and the feelings that it's almost like our shadow, you know, the mm-hmm. feelings that we judge. Yes, it's like we can acknowledge them, and they can be integrated, and yes. they can be, they can help us lighten. As you yes, say.
1: they can help us lighten because we're carrying them in this kind of, we're carrying them and almost feeling it we're how do I say it it's like they're inside of us or they're living in us these feelings these emotions and I think it's like what our ancestors carried and what we carried in past lives it's like we're carrying all of this Mm -hmm. in our being and we're maybe not we haven't been ready to welcome with open arms and say I'm here like I'm the great mother I'm the presence I'm ready to carry you to be with you to weep with you to 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 rage with you and maybe Finally, we're beginning to remember how to do that again. Like, yeah. We used to know, but we forgot. Yeah. I love what you said about Keening when you were speaking. I was just looking at your, you no, know, and, and this is an audio, right? But like she has Celtic ancestry. Like that's pretty dang clear. Just look at your face. It's like you could see this little bridget in you, you know. Um, but it made me for a moment just also again remember this time we we're talking in is. You know, I came of age, I was a teenager, a young teenager, when Sinead first brought out her first album, The Lion and the Cobra. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I, we would like just, she keened those songs were keening. Mm. You know, she's a Scorpio moon, this woman. And mm. she, that album, and so much of what she did was this raw primal medicine of feeling. And expressing that feeling at a level that, you know, as a teenager, you're feeling it all. And you're feeling it all in a culture that is, for all intents and purposes, feels pretty dead emotionally. Yeah. Just pretty dead and numb. And you're feeling it all. And mm-hmm. she was such a powerful channel for that. Yeah. So just want to speak to Yeah. So thank you for sharing your process. It just brought that in.
0: Well, it's funny. You just brought up. A memory for me too because a part of my process was like i was into punk rock and i i was yep. in this is wild because i look back like you know the things you're doing before you even know what you're doing Right, like i yeah. am like in these all-female punk bands one of them's called <laughs> red thread it's like what yes
1: the red. that's incredible one of wow. them is
0: called eunuch i mean it's just like wild what? and I got out so much primal rage on those drums and that electric guitar yeah. and like we're doing these basement shows and <laughs> you know like it is oh my god talk about underworld but how about amazing. a transmutation yes. of underworld where you're yeah. creating you know
1: oh, amazing I that love knowing so you did up, that right that's so awesome I mean I was punk in high school but I wasn't in these bands that's amazing that's so great and the names wow that's so phenomenal yes transmutation and that's what the Mars and Scorpio wants yeah wow red thread and eunuch yeah what we know and expresses in such a direct way that as we get older, we begin to access and maybe a more subtle or intellectual way. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It just shows you how much like this, the archetypes are running through us, you know? Yes. And I think our ability to feel our capacity to feel possibly is what allows them to express themselves to their fullest.
1: If that makes sense, yeah.
0: You know where Absolutely. maybe we repress them, where um, we're just—I don't know how to say this except one. One of the things that I feel like I'm realizing with learning more about the different deities, and as you were saying earlier, like there are shadow and light qualities to these deities. Where, yes. where I feel like, um, with. You know, Christianity, like more modern Christianity, we're just taught to look at the light and the good mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. to ignore those possibilities of natural expression, you know?
1: Right. And it's just. And that's like, why they get distorted because the archetypal realm is precisely where it is. And through reenactment, transmutation, like you're saying, that's precisely where those energies need to be played out. So they're not played out in ways that are so brutal and devastating for, for each other and for our world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so it's like, now I, I want to like zoom out for a minute and look, <laughs> look at the world right now.
1: Oof. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What are you seeing?
0: Uh, to be honest with you, what I I think I've been seeing, and we'll see. I don't know how much this is continuing, but I've seen I've been seeing a healing crisis, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like a whirlwind. It's like this chaos that has is the the product of all of this suppression of yeah. our natural ways, but in that there's like a gift too because mm-hmm. amongst the chaos you know we all have we have free will we we have the choice we can either allow it to make us feel chaotic or we can say it's fucking crazy out there i need to go find some <laughs> inner peace
1: and right. the order which right. lives in
0: us, right? inside
1: of us yes thank you ma'at thank you yeah <laughs> Seriously. No, you are. You're speaking Ma'at right now. I I, I speak Ma'at too. We need that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Yeah.
1: I see different layers. I want to ask, is it okay to ask? I'm trying to remember your chart a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: What's your moon and Venus again?
0: My moon is Taurus and my Venus is Capricorn.
1: Oh, I love that. That's so sweet. That's so beautiful so good and earthy. Um, So what I see right now is, well, I'll just say, I just landed here in New Mexico. Um, I'm going to be here for two months. It was a massive moving from where I had been that I had felt very anchored in and some, some, you know, it's very difficult to leave. I think we live in a time now for some of us where it's a lot harder to move since COVID, Mm -hmm. like because part of the earth wants us to root in and we want to root in to remember that but if you're rooted in the place where you can't stay then it's very challenging and that's kind of where i'm coming out of so Mm -hmm. i'm coming back to new mexico which is a place where my spirit feels a lot lighter Mm -hmm. and um so there's some of that you know i'm i'm coming through a rebirth like i may have shown you maybe i didn't show you when i i was on this family gathering that our entire i have eight sisters 50 nieces and nephews, and an enormous number of my family members were all camping out on the land for a week. I wasn't there for the whole week, thank the goddess, because it was a lot. But nonetheless, it was incredible. Like all my evangelical Christian family members who live five minutes away, they're very kind, sweet, loving, and shadow, of course, like that I've always wrestled with big time, especially because of my path but they're, they're waking up just like everybody. Yeah. And we were five, we were right in this park in Missouri, 30 minutes from where I grew up. It was phenomenal. There's like druzy crystal quartz everywhere. I I was born in crystal city. My niece, who is the, you know, evangelical sister's daughter, she was, she's a park ranger. She was showing us these petroglyphs. It was all Osage land there. Originally there were these it was a snake um snake society snake clan that ah. that was on this land they had these sacred yeah the snake right <laughs> this big rock formation in the shape of a snake all these petroglyphs with like thunderbird and snake beings she's telling us about this she's saying literally from her mouth rebecca my mind you all of their story all of their names are biblical
0: mm-hmm. and
1: she's saying You know, now here are little divots in the rock where they would make offerings and understand that the the, who they were making offerings to, they weren't deities, they were were nature spirits. I'm like, what planet did I just land on? Like, how is this even happening? This is 30 minutes from where I grew up. And, you know, if you want to look at things from a linear mind, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm in like Trump country and this is red America and these are my... Bible thumping family member you know it's like let's just caricaturize each other shall we but instead if you look deeper in the story I've got my niece there Esther who's standing by and watching. what is Esther literally? where does that name come from? Ishtar the story of Queen Esther in the Bible I'm just learning she was morning star. she was Ishtar. they could have changed her name in the Bible to Hadassah they didn't. They chose not to somehow, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm way off track. <laughs> Why did you originally ask me? <laughs> How do I see things? Let me let me try to be more brief. I gotta bring the mask. No, right I loved
0: too. all of that so much.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've got so much. I'm, I'm this with is my you. Gemini we're like,
0: man. we're flying away. <laughs> we're like, we this yes. is fun.
1: Oh my gosh, no magic everywhere. That's my that's my motive. That's my motive. That's my mantra. But, yeah. um, you know, Were you there's talking about
0: your family members
1: awakening yes. even
0: and how yeah. it seems like all of this is like permeating
1: this, our is. reality. It is. And I, I, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said a healing crisis, you mm. know, because I feel, I do see, and I feel that I also come from a family of healers and you know, I have one sister who's a therapist, who's trained in everything, family systems, craniosacral, all the things. Another sister who's a massage therapist, also craniosacral. Look, all these very powerful, originally mystical practices of deep listening and healing. Um, you know, I have I'm Reiki attuned. I have a lot of healing training. That's really my deeper root. Uh, my mom healed herself for, of cancer when I was a child through traditional, you know, methods. Um, my niece is a Chinese medicine practitioner. Uh, you know, I could go on and on. I have healers in my family. That's my line. That's my root, and. I remember when I was in grad school, and this was after Bush was got reelected, after we invaded Iraq. It was a dark, 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 dark moment mm-hmm. in our history. And I had this, I was feeling very hopeless, mm-hmm. as I think a lot of people are feeling hopeless right now. I think many people are feeling very, very hopeless. And the reason they're feeling hopeless is because they think we have to solve this problem of climate change, of, of what's happening on the earth, of this massive hemorrhaging of of resources of of what we see in our communities I mean we could name we both all of us know so many massive um so much change and and suffering and, and difficulty people are facing yeah but if you think you're gonna we are gonna have to fix it with the same kind of mind or technology that created the problem you're gonna feel so hopeless yeah right and what I I started to see at that time, was um, that I felt, okay, it's like the people who have a lot of power to actually affect change in the financial material way, many of them are going through literal healing crises. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going through uh, depression or a health crisis or whatever. And I was like, that's where some of that crack, that fracture point begins, where then they have to question everything. And then they're having to kind of wake up spiritually spiritually. And then they're going to make different choices in terms of how they use their money, how they impact policy, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when I started to think about those kinds of, you know, think of it in that way. I started to marry my worlds of more activism, political, because that was kind of my background, mm-hmm. um, environmental, you know, activist with uh, more of the the spiritual or other worlds. hmm medicine because because I was basically being trained in that program in grad school to be the next leader in the environmental movement and instead I started to become obsessed with shamanism Mm. and indigenous perspectives because that other way was again there was a part of my soul that's like that's not gonna get you there yeah we've tried that yeah we don't just live in one reality and if you try to live in that one reality you are not seeing it all so I guess you know I when I first arrived here, at the place where I'm living, it's next door to my friends who have a sweet farm. Jesse, my friend, it was so it was so moving because as soon as I, you know, entered the house, like I was talking to these two friends and he's he's a farmer, he's been just this steady loving force and Sarah is too and in the community and he had a CSA and a little farm here. And Sarah started this program in Guatemala for Mayan farmer women, which is, they're just amazing people. Just, you know, love, solid, brilliant, wise, giving. And Jesse was just expressing his heartache, you know, his dark night of the soul, because he's just like, he's been watching and listening to the reports about climate change, about species loss. And he's like, you know, I don't know if my kids are going to even have any kind of future at all. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm having to face that this is a death. Mm -hmm. We're going through a death Mm -hmm. and we, as a human species, most likely won't make it. That's what he's saying. You know, he's really looking it right in the eye. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, and I feel duped. Like, I feel like, you know, recycling and going to city hall. And he's like, that's all bullshit. Yeah. Right. And then he said, he was just, what he was saying was very profound. He's like, and you know, and then I started to think, you know, well, if this is our last chapter as a species, how can we make it the most beautiful chapter of all? And you just started saying, right. And you just started saying, you know, how can I not waste time in making this the most beautiful and I'm getting chills saying it. Right. So that was my entry to New Mexico. Wow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And. As a Sagittarius moon woman with lots of, I'm sorry, Gemini moon with lots of Sag Aries ascendant, Neptune, plenty of places where I want to bypass and I'm good at it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But you at this okay, I might have the same thing because (laughs) as you're saying this as well, the Mm. other thing that keeps coming through for me is that we we really have I I think it's important to look things straight in the eye. And I think we have to have so much faith in mother nature because. We yes. are doing so much to enhance all of these yes. changes on Earth. Yes. So it's like if we
1: can come yes. back in, maybe yes. that could transform it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just so love that you said that. Yes, and yes, and and thank you for saying that because I'm all with you. I'm one thousand percent. So when I say to, I think we have to be careful with the idea of bypass. Also, yeah, I think it gets thrown around in such a way that. If you're not the grumpiest, most doom and gloom person in the world, then you're not being realistic. And I am like, I'm sorry, but that's lazy. That's the other side of it. That's lazy from my perspective. Mm-hmm. So the reason I mentioned bypass is simply that I have had periods where it's been very difficult for me to hear someone who's coming from that perspective. Yeah. Because I already honestly moved through that perspective myself.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And I came to a different realization.
0: Yeah. That's
1: true for me. And it's much like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So when I was sitting there with Jesse, though, I actually was hearing and feeling where he was coming from. And it was so powerful and beautiful. And I could witness it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to fix it. Yes. You know, for so long. I'm like, fix it. I don't want to have to deal with I already, I don't want to look at that again. Come on. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> but no, I was like, instead, I was like, oh my God, like this man's heart is breaking and it's so gorgeous. And it's oh, I'm feeling it all. And it's so hard and it's so beautiful. And it's like, I get to be present with him, right? And because this is what's happening for us right now. And it is so big. And so I was able to be there and I was proud of myself. I'm like, okay, I can just be here present. And I can't leave it there either because I don't think it's appropriate for me to leave it there anymore. I've gone through a phase of just listen, listen, listen. And now I'm like, yes, listen, hold space for that. And, and this is what I see. Mm-hmm. this is what I see. Cause I have a right to say what I see too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After that listening needs to be presenced. And I said, and this is something to consider. Cause I just, you know, was, I was just, of course, in these moments, as you know, it's just like something moves through you. That's what I believe in is what moves through us. And so we were sitting inside and then I was like, let's go outside. And we went outside and it was like this beautiful wind was moving through the trees And all of a sudden it started raining on the other side of the street, just heavy pouring rain. They needed rain so much. Mm. It's like the forces of the earth are just like coming alive all around us. And I was like, you know, I think I just talked about this. I'd been on this beautiful call with this woman. She's a Belizean Mayan healer who's in the lineage that I have training in. She's a wonderful indigenous elder. And she and her community are, are guarding this beautiful bio reserve of this sacred land. And she just said this very matter of factly, as an indigenous person, well, who's still got this connection. She's like, yeah, we we're very connected to these forces of life. It's like an everyday thing. We are just connected. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so if we're going to go up on the mountain and we're going to do ceremony, we'll just talk and we'll say, hey, we're going to go up there. You know, it's raining. It's pouring down rain. We're going to be up there doing ceremony from midnight to one in the morning. And we just say what's going on, what we're doing. We go up there and then the rain stops from midnight to one in the morning. That's just kind of how it works because we have that relationship and what they're doing is a benefit. It's, it's aligned with the forces. Yeah. And that it was just like, that's something to remember. And that's what I remember. That's what I believe in more than anything is what does it take for us to restore that sacred bond with the more than human reality around us that includes us yeah. that we are a part of.
0: And I, I think that it's all built into everything we're going through because mm. We are facing the shadow of what happens when we abuse these powers, and and yes. I feel like, you know, right now I'm <sighs> feeling like as a recapitulation of the fall of Atlantis. But yeah,
1: absolutely. But this absolutely. time,
0: perhaps we don't fall. Yeah, perhaps we don't, and perhaps we start to see what responsibility comes with power and with mm-hmm. with our free will.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. i just
0: i just see I, I see it all as beautiful a part of our evolution you know and mm-hmm. and yes it's like the heartbreak i mean this is why nana is the lady of largest heart because wow. she's will, she's willing to hold all of it she's willing to hold mm. the whole process she's willing to see the shadows and see the mistakes and Mm. see people going through all this pain. And she can also hold a possibly brighter future or present these, these options that are more connected to the earth and the mother. Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Lady, lady of largest heart. Mm. I so appreciate you saying that. And I, we had started with this conversation again before you started recording, and I was so curious because um, it was a book I recommended to you, I know, before the in our reading, and you'd read it before. We tried to do this interview before, and you had just mentioned, when you mentioned you read it, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't read the whole thing, and I decided anyway I was going to read it again. So I started reading it again, and it was just like, holy cow, this is so intense. Because it's very intense when I start to read that, when I start to read any of the historical documents. There's so much that moves through the system. Mm -hmm. It's so intense. And so I loved you saying you had gone through your own process with it. Can you tell me more? Can you tell us more about that? I'm so curious.
0: Totally. Um, Okay. Okay. I have to read it because it's one of these things where when you start talking about it, I feel Mm -hmm. like I I would just start spiraling and spiraling. But for me, what it really made me look at was my own mother wound. And when I was looking at that, I saw that like our collective has a huge mother wound. And Mm -hmm. because we've been missing her. Yes. And so I I see this big picture. Like, I I like to believe that we descended from spirit into form gradually over time. Mm. And I think that it reflects the even just being born and gradually having to grow up and detach from the mother. And Mm. I think that humanity is at this point where. I'm like, screw the reading. I'm just talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think humanity is at this point where we're maturing. We're mature. We're it's the point where we're supposed to mature from the mother. Mm. And I think that these experiences that we have are here for us to help us break away from her. Mm. And I I feel like that can wow. be so painful. And I mean, and then look at, you know, what, what happens with that, you know, and we're seeing it in society, you know, imagine like if, if a wife left her husband with children, right. What would he do? He, he might become overbearing or there's also the possibility that he might discover his feminine side too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: so, um, it really helped me see that her DNA, the great mother is our DNA mm. and, and like there's, it goes all the way back to her and then back to our ancestors and it spirals, you know, into us and then from us to our future children. And mm-hmm. so as we each go through this initiation, of detaching and, or being, even being ripped away.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So pretty it up.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a purification. Like we, we have the chance to, to mm-hmm. heal and to purify and mm-hmm. to clear that trauma that has mm-hmm. been passed down through so many years. And I just like, I had so much reverence for Inanna and for my ancestors i'm going to get mm. emotional yeah for my mother because these challenges we go through are the sacrifice and mm. it's that is what we're making sacred when we when we can hold it all mm. and transmute it and, yeah. and use our creativity to create beauty yes. in the world to create yes healing to commune with nature and the natural forces i mean it's that's like that's how your heart cracks wide open
1: Mm -hmm. yeah thank you thank you for your tears and for your sharing
0: so then i want to say what what are you creating you know yeah yeah how are how are we using this this lead yeah. and the other thing is like as I'm reading this story I'm like thinking about the process of alchemy and how that has been such a kind of in my experience of learning I've approached it from a more masculine lens mm. which really values the gold you know right yeah but what about the prima materia what about ah. the mother you know wow yes it's mm. about valuing the whole process
1: all of it valuing the whole process that's so powerful wow what you just said what you just said i just want to be with that for a moment what about the prima materia yeah what about the origin hmm yeah
0: so yeah I moved I moved through Mm. a lot of grief in that moment yeah when I was having these realizations and on the other side of that I just felt so much love you know Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're always held we really are we're always held but This, you know, from a grander scale, this feels like the initiation for humanity is to become our own mothers.
1: Yes. Yes. We become our own mothers. We reparent ourselves and then we can become mothers of the world. Yes. We can become mothers of the world. We don't rely on something outside of us. We, We actually take her into ourselves. So we become her yeah creator creatrix mother beautiful wow and then we share that motherly what a transmission. love,
0: transmission right yes. like yes motherly love of like i'm here for you no matter what and i i actually this brings me i don't if you don't mind wow
1: not even no please
0: <laughs> we had this transmission from anana on the uh soul star venus gate and it's wow. funny like It's, I say it's funny. I'm gonna try not to, I just see my child self in this so much too. So I just preface it with that a little bit. But uh this is what I got. And I I really felt connected to uh how do you I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly and headwana.
1: The yes she's so wonderful. I love her. Okay. Yes.
0: I felt connected to her because I feel like so many transmissions that come through me come out as like poetry, you know, Mm -hmm. and she was writing poetry with a praise poems. Beautiful. Yeah. So she said, the bloods have waned as the goddess returns. She was lost and thrown away in a cell of spite in a cell of hell. She cried while cast away. There's much forgiven, much grieved and healed as she rises yet again to hold us all in our grief and love, no matter what we feel. The waters rise, our remembrance replenishes the deserts back to precious earth. On another plane, this all goes on. It may not be apparent yet. Go within to your own wellspring and you will see it all begin. Chaos, destruction, famine, and war may all still be at play, but the goddess rises to hold you all, her children she holds dear. The time has come for you all to see the goddess that's within. Look around you, do your part to contribute and pitch in. Respect the divine outside of you and remember what's within. That is what will save you. That is where healing begins cry your tears and dry your eyes stand up nice and tall with your heart held high leading you shining as bright as a star the ones who fear you may come around again another day (laughs) when light is cast on shadows darkness falls away and then at night we feel safe we sleep in peace we swim with stars as the river flows the galaxy knows we are always
1: home. Mm, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> and you created, you created from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You created. Mm-hmm. And we are always home.
0: Even in this reality where it looks like it may look like the underworld,
1: right? Yeah. Right. 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 And it is. And it and it is. And it's also beauty. Yeah. So powerful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's good we're doing this today. How much has moved through. I, I hear that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because before, like when we were going to record, it was all of the, it was just, this was all floating around me, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it had not mm-hmm. integrated and it yeah. just, I felt like she wanted me to express this. I, I heard her mm. say, sing my transmission.
1: Oh. <laughs> sing? Did she say sing? Yes. My transmission. Wow. Maybe that is the next level is to make a song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is, you yeah. know, I automatically am like, oh, there's another fear to blast through, right? Like, ah, good, that, good, good. Yeah. That use of the voice,
1: you know? Well, but, and I love, but what, yeah. And I, I feel like my understanding of Leo is that Leo is about creativity. You know, Leo is about Making it up as you go along, being courageous enough. It's about shining your light. Like, there's so many things about that transmission that also speak to Leo. And I think in her original essence, you could say Inanna was a Leo aspect. And also, what's interesting is that every overstory or every version of the goddess who is born in this cycle, which of course now it's Leo, has a root that's deeper and it's the sign that comes before. And in this case, so it's, it's cancer. So I'm sorry. Oh no, that's that. It's the opposite one. It's the one that comes Virgo? after. Yeah. It's actually Virgo.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: It's Virgo. Virgo is contained within this Leo cycle. That's right. So it's the priestess.
0: Oh, and Cancer
1: is contained within the um Gemini Venus cycle. So they each have this nested kind of quality. Um, So yeah, there's the priestess, there's the sovereign, but Leo and, and Virgo are similar in that they are about the the version of the feminine that is sovereign, that is whole, that is knows who she is. Mm-hmm. And she and I think it's interesting because your transmissions were so potent and so I feel so much the mother, you know, you're speaking to the mother energies and powerful transmissions you're getting here. Um and for me, uh, you know, and the mother wound and learning to parent ourselves, and it's just so potent. For me, it's so interesting because I think it may have to do with stages of life, mm-hmm. that I'm in a different stage of my life. And for me, what's coming through, what came through in, last night was um, ever since Mary Magdalene Day, when I really was starting to, you know, I did that I, that transmission that I was felt blocked. I felt very blocked mm-hmm. on that day when I was transmitting in, uh Elaine Khalilah's group And what what was happening for me is that I had had a transmission earlier where I had just this feeling of overwhelming grief about the separation between men and women and -hmm. the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. That's something I've been grieving deeply for for quite some time. And it just came through so strong. And I realized in the transmission how important it was to acknowledge that Venus and Mars had been very close in the sky from June 1st until Um, July 24th they were within 10 degrees and that this Venus cycle is held within a larger sacred union cycle that's very powerful Mm -hmm. so I'd had that transmission and that feeling and then I'd had a teacher actually reach out to me that that morning who was actually honestly kind of challenging in some sense my teaching a Venus course that was primarily geared towards women because this teacher was basically saying you know it needs to be inclusive Mm -hmm. And so I really, that pierced my heart because a lot of my sacred wound does have to do with relationship between masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And so I was in this moment of like, really, oh, it's fascinating because the card that was drawn for me to to inspire my sharing was the queen initiate, was the sovereign one, mm-hmm. was like this powerful Leo. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, what I was feeling instead, to be honest, was the places where my sadness or grief around the disconnect between masculine and feminine have shut me down from fully claiming the sovereign feminine. Hmm. And it's an interesting dance that I think is related to what you're speaking to. Because I think simultaneous to this moment we're in where we're we're learning to to grow up, to become adults hmm. and become the mother-father force in our world. Simultaneous to that, I think we are also having to heal a lot of these bonds of codependency, yes, that have kept us as women. And because I come from a very traditional background, and the programming is deep, yeah, it is deep. And and I have taken in some poisons that I've had to be extracting from my system. That would say that a woman who is fully sovereign is harming men because she leaves them behind. Mm. And I've had this primal fear of leaving the men behind mm-hmm. and separating so much from them that they have to try to make it on their own without the great mother. And I've tried I've been trying to be the great mother for the men in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it has a toxic layer to it. Mm. So what was happening for me when I was reading the um lady of of largest heart of biggest heart was was I was reading her stories again, and then I was reading all these other things. That I, I go back to this with Inanna, and it was just like, the way she is with Demuzi. you know, the way that she interacts with Damuzi is very interesting. Yeah. And um, she can come off as this very imperious kind of, I'll use you when I need you, and then I'll throw you away.
0: Well, didn't he, he didn't, um, it wasn't it that
1: he didn't like humble himself? That's yeah. Well, that's absolutely part of it. Yes. Okay. Yes. There's a much deeper story. And I've always spoken into that story. I've always been very interested in that story. And I think there's so many more layers that I'm probably not even ready to share about this. But what was coming through last night for myself, personally, I think this is true for many women, is that when you're raised in a traditional culture, as a woman, and I'm older than you. So I think in some ways, I drank it in deeper. There can be this massive fear of separating yourself out from men, sufficient to cultivate that sense of sovereignty, and and so what last night what I was was working through my system was seeing all the places where I had humbled myself and abandoned myself and the sovereignty and and the strength and myself as a woman to serve men. On a level that was not appropriate, actually. Yeah. yeah. And and it comes from love and it comes from a desire to always feel we don't want to leave the men behind. Mm-hmm. But I was leaving myself behind. Yeah. And I wasn't claiming my own sovereign feminine. And so that part has been waking up in me bigger and deeper than ever before. Mm-hmm. I think that's perimenopause. Hmm. I think that's what that is for me is it's this next stage of moving into the queen.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it's a stage before the crone is the queen, the wild woman. And when you said that about, well, she sent him down because he didn't humble himself. I think there's been enough of a threat of patriarchy in me that when I saw that story, I said, Oh, well, but he was just heartbroken because she'd gone to the underworld and left him behind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so he was upset about it. And so, You know, they should have just worked it out. (laughs) My codependent is like, oh, no, poor Dumuzi. Oh, poor guy. And I'm I'm just like, fuck that. Well, no, he gets to have his initiation too. Yeah. He gets to have his initiation. Stop infantilizing the men. That was the message she was telling me. She was like, no, stop infantilizing the men. It's not just for the women to go through, through their initiation. The men must go through it too. And we cannot save them from their dark night." Mm-hmm. It's not appropriate. And that's what I've been trying to do. So that I'm, I'm just in the beginning place. Honestly, this is my life journey. It's been deep. Mm. I mean, there's so much more to say, but I feel like I'm just beginning to step into a different realization around this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That was such just even you, <laughs> you've already opened <laughs> up there and shared is such powerful medicine because- I think there's that has been holding a lot of women back. Yeah, absolutely. In in following their purpose and their passion, one of the so much so. fears is like, what if I outgrow my husband? Or oh yeah, husband? and and like that's something that I've had to face. But what's kind of amazing? I mean, you know, anything's possible. I feel yeah. Very I feel, I feel very fortunate in my life that my husband's on a somewhat parallel path
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, the more, but the more I pursue what lights me up and I set those boundaries of, I'm sorry, but this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. It It's like the
1: more we grow together. Thank you for saying that because that is exactly, you know, that's what I came to recognize. As well. That's what I'm coming to recognize. Thank you for saying that. Because I think often we as women, we are doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are caught in the old story. And the men actually need us to to step into our strength.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, need, the men need us to stop coddling them and infantilizing them. And they want us, their soul wants us to follow and pursue our own light. Even if they can't say it consciously, the men need us to step into our potency and power. The world needs that. And that's the other le- message I got last night. It was like, oh no, you! our our earth depends now on women stepping into that wholeness, into that sovereignty. It depends on it. And wow, it's just so many transmissions. So yeah, thank you for saying that because I've I've been seeing and feeling that really big too. The men want that. They want yeah. that. We have to be courageous and brave to do it.
0: And I think there's also kind of been this like, Resent? I mean, there's so much resentment between the masculine and the feminine, right? Oh, yeah,
1: there is. There's, and so I feel a lot, heavy. It, you
0: know, it, it's valid, right? Like, it, it is valid, and and we need to honor whatever it is that we need to heal. And it's like, for us to, if we want to see the sacred masculine, like, we need to forgive, we, we yeah. need to forgive because that frees us, you know? And I yeah. think there's been this tendency to be like, oh, well, women are leading the charge and where's well, the masculine, you know? And it's like, just don't worry about it. It's like, just, well, keep-
1: it, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because to be honest, like that's, I think my grandmothers and my mother carried some of that, even though she never would have admitted it, but there's that thread of that resentment. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, I've actually wanted and tried to be more of an advocate for the masculine. I've actually never allowed myself to feel resentful. I always actually tried to take the other pole of that. I was always like, I don't want to be the bitter resentful one. So at this point in my journey, it's a little different for me where I'm actually having to acknowledge and feel the places where it's like, oh no, that wasn't right. I I gave, I made him a God. What was I doing? And he did, the thing is, is I am, whoops, excuse me. I am so powerful that that really most of it I did to myself. He wasn't doing it to me. Yeah. I was doing it. And I think that's where sometimes in the story I've been like, where do I fit here because all these women who feel victimized by men. I'm I've never been I know this sounds so I've never really been victimized by men. I know how powerful I am. Yeah. I've victimized myself with men. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. They they didn't do anything to me. I'm very powerful. It's so weird I'm saying this to you right now, but it's like I'm like I don't know where I fit in that story because you know, I've been well loved by men, but I myself had the internal patriarch that wounded myself. Hmm. That's what's been happening. Hmm. It's I really I have not been with men who have actively tried to wound me. It's me trying to heal them in a way that's been distorted that's yeah. been wounding to me. It's yeah. me making myself smaller that's been harming me. It, they haven't been doing it to me. Yeah. That's my reality. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it harms them. Yeah. As well, when we make ourselves small. And but yeah, we, it's it's like what you said about centering, you know, and that's the chaos when we as women leave our center of gravity To become what we think our partner needs, or then it's just, then it's chaos, just like the chaos we see in the world around us. And that's why, like you said, we have to return to our wellspring as women as well to be deeply rooted and centered in ourselves so that what we so that we become the center of gravity and we don't really have to do that much in relationship. We just have to be ourselves. Yeah. And that's what's wanted and needed. So for me at 50 years old, that's what I say about beginner's mind. I'm like, that's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm just beginning to learn this. Yeah. And I might be the first woman in my entire ancestral line to have some sense of this. I mean, that's that's a little hubris probably. My I think all my, my sisters and my mom have their own version of it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm the first to do it in this way, in my way. That's unique. Right. And it's,
0: you know, this makes me think like, i wonder as we each you know make new discoveries i really do feel that our evolution is tied to the evolution of the divine
1: oh absolutely yes 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 we're we're evolving and we're evolving the earth we're with the earth we're evolving each other yeah absolutely and we're evolving divine source
0: and that's why it mm-hmm. really came through when i read anana when i read this book because I was just like like I said I was like that's intense like that she felt some really primal things and um actually kind of felt also like maybe that's one reason we've been so afraid to feel is that we had seen that side of the goddess this like war path, like, you know, like, Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much those stories are true. But even knowing those stories, perhaps that's what sort of kept us from wanting to fully feel, you
1: know, 1000% not only feel, but I think that's uh, speaking for myself, that's why I've kept my power at a, you know, like, stepped away from my power is because I, part of me knows that part, Yeah, how powerful the feminine is when she's experiencing that sacred rage Mm
0: -hmm. and when
1: she doesn't give a shit about something because she's been so harmed or she can go into a more impersonal state Mm -hmm. where it's just like oh no this is out of balance and it has to be balanced Mm -hmm. you know that's the warlike Inanna that's the warlike Sekhmet who's devouring what's out of balance she carries that inside of her too and it's a necessary part And that's the part, you know, that I've had when I was in a relationship where he was suicidal, and he was very ill mentally. But I myself was going through a massive healing crisis, and I had to end the relationship to care for myself, I had to become, you know, I had to separate myself out from my loving mother heart expression of the feminine, and say, oh, no, my life matters. Mm -hmm. And that's a bit more impersonal, Right. Because I do think the mother energy is tricky for us as yeah. women, because there is this projection on some level that we can activate that we as individual women need to be that mothering energy all the time. Yeah. And that's also not healthy.
0: I I feel I've broken the same sort of uh, mm-hmm. pattern in my family. Yeah. For sure, mm-hmm. and, it, and yeah. it comes back to that being your own mother. Like, okay, yes, what would my mother want me to do? That's actually how I got uh. here. I said when she passed away, I said, "Would she want me to just sulk and despair for the rest of my life?" Right. Hell no! Uh, what she a waste. She wants me to shine my light as bright as I can. Mm. She doesn't mm-hmm. want me to sacrifice myself. You know?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so powerful. I love that that's your that was your entry into this this work in this time. I mean, a hard one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But also just like, wow, if it hadn't if it hadn't happened, I just know so deeply that it was a part of my path. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, if it it Mm -hmm. hadn't happened, I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really Mm -hmm. what if things, but really I just feel it so strongly. It's like, holy crap. I wouldn't, I don't think I could have discovered myself so deeply if I hadn't wow. experienced the underworld <laughs>
1: or right? the, or and the other the world. world. <laughs> yeah. So the other world. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it's so interesting it, when you're saying all of this and when we're talking, you're talking about the feeling, moving through the feeling states earlier and all of it, it, it always to me brings up, I, I have this, this aspect that comes through for me, it's about, um, like, I was just, I, I have this strange obsession with people who've had near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to listen to them talk, and, you know, a lot of times, because they've gone back to that place of light and source, I think sometimes, well, it's just very interesting, right? They know what that love source feels like. Yeah. And I was listening to a woman talk last night who was interviewed, and she said, you know, she was shown by these ascended masters that There was a time in ancient human history, and when she said it, she said, when we didn't have emotion, and then she said, I mean, not really negative emotion. And I was like, Mm. for a moment, I was like, huh, I just had to take it in for a minute. And I was like, what, I mean, what, It, it does, it feels like the kind of, the level of feeling and emotion and density of karma that we've been working through at this time is a lot. Yeah, And it feels like it is your lightening of the heart aspect, the ma'at work, all of it does, again, or the clean pain, dirty pain. There is something that is very true about wanting and needing to move away from an addiction to suffering mm. and a certain kind of pain that feeds a certain kind of deity or energy that that maybe has been well-fed.
0: Interesting. Wow.
1: Very well-fed. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's been yes. part of my journey, too. So for me, I find it to be very nuanced question of to what proportion do we, and I, I just love the way you say it, you know yourself, you're Scorpio, Mars, you you go into these really deep places and you heal and then you come up, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what it is. And I do think as humans and as a as as this ascension, ascension five dimension, whatever we're talking about right now, it's real that there is a need for a lightning. Yeah. at the end of the Kali Yuga. And that's what you're saying, right? So how do we process emotions in such a way that it's not a spiraling and a circling and a, 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 a just kind of like, you know, sitting in the suffering? How is that different from actually going into the vibrancy of this feeling and letting it heal and cleanse our hearts? And what's the difference between that? Do you, Do you know what I'm saying? How do you experience that?
0: Gosh, that's such a good question. I, it's really like, I just have to say it this way. It really feels like it's about pulling up my bootstraps.
1: Ah, yep. It is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Because uh,
0: there is, there is so much for us. There yeah. is so much beauty. There, There is so much Oof. light there is so much love yeah and we but we have to choose it
1: we have to choose it that's it right there so it's not it's because i do think people right now are getting a bit caught in their healing crisis many people where you see it on social media i see it in different places where it's like there's a certain inward turning where it's just like and and then even if you do try to if you were to say that in certain circles pull up your bootstraps it's like oh well you're trying to avoid something or let's go deeper into the somatic experience and I don't mean I'm saying that and I don't as a person who deeply believes in these processes of healing yeah, yeah. and I'm a thousand percent with you and well, it's funny because it taps me into the wisdom of my mother and yeah. my grandmother so here's our our mothering ourselves again
0: and yes. in regulating ourselves because this yes. is the other thing for me I've had to give myself immense compassion yeah to allow myself to experience these feelings in layers. Yes. It's not just a one and done. Yes.
1: No. It's 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 a lifetime.
0: And and then I think Mm -hmm. when you give yourself the compassion and you give yourself that motherly love or attention That's possibly where it can stop spiraling, or at least the spiral gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Because yeah, because like I've noticed, you know, in my own journey with this, how the waves are huge at first, and then they they do
1: dissipate. Yep, that's right. That's right.
0: And it's I think that that addiction to the healing or to the pain, I do think possibly a part of that could be still that missing that nurturing missing like that's what you're looking for yeah. right when you get in that state <gasps> of being.
1: oh my gosh yeah yeah okay and when you're speaking what i'm what's coming through for me that i just thank you for saying it is <laughs> i think what it is is it's just some of it is impersonal also it's like coming to know ourselves enough to know when it's time to do what getting attuned enough to our inner cycles to be like okay feeling internally okay I've been in that zone. Now, if I were really to listen deeper, isn't it just when I wake up in the morning, don't I just want to go out and play? Like I've been doing some deeper work now naturally. I'm going to go, does that make sense? Yes. And and I think this goes back to codependence. Yes. Where we also must learn to be able to be sovereign and, and differentiated enough mm-hmm. that if the person we're close to is in a different stage, that mm-hmm. we can let them be in that different stage and we don't have to be right in there with them. Oh, Yeah. I think that's what I'm feeling. I think that's what happens for me is I might be in my own stage of needing to really spread my wings. Yeah. I love your butterflies, by the way. Um because <laughs> that is the place where I'm at right now. And there's a part of me that keeps being like, but I see this person having a hard time and I see that person having a hard time. And it's like, nope, stop. Yeah. You get to have your experience. Yeah. Yeah. You get to have your experience too. Does this make sense to you? Yes,
0: because if we don't have people who can fly (laughs) Yeah. if we don't have people who can show another way yeah then we're all just stuck in this suffering loop
1: yeah exactly
0: like we need somebody to show the light okay so one of my friends said one time I feel like I feel like sometimes I'm just like on the ground and you're on this trampoline and yeah. you're jumping on this trampoline and you're like, "Come on, here it is." So and I'm like, "But Wendy, I just I don't know." And you're like, "Are you sure? Are you sure? Come on." Sometimes yes. we we need those people. And I'm not saying like directly. I'm just saying like when we're feeling that vibration even, you know, just like allowing it and Yeah. Uh, and and that is that's really all that's needed. I mean, we do need mm-hmm. to do stuff too, but I always like to hold space as well for, for people who maybe their process is more internal and yeah. just that personal yeah. journey mm-hmm. is also so powerful, you know, it's not yes. all about yes. demonstration.
1: Um, yes.
0: but yeah, yes, I, mean, absolutely. I saw
1: the trampoline. <laughs> when you were That was so great. That. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think when we're in those states, you know, how can we be inviting to others but also really, really dignify every individual journey? Like I do think yes. that's always so vital. And that's the beauty of astrology, is we do get to see, well, this person, two layers. One is, well, this person's makeup make has it such that they do tend to be more internal, and that's beautiful for them. And or this person is going through a particular phase in their life where They need to be a massive hermit and that needs to be honored and acknowledged and, or, oh, it's time for them to start cracking out of their shell. So gently support them in that in a way that doesn't feel violent, that feels natural and organic. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And so much what you're talking about, you know, I'm glad we haven't like gone super intellectual, but it's the nodes right now, right? Yeah, for sure. That's exactly it. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm feeling too. And And squared by Pluto,
0: yeah, which feels yeah. kind of like uh Woo. time to time to transform, time to do what you let need. go of
1: that karma man that's heavy. yeah trying to time to transform and and it's you know Pluto squaring in the very last degrees of Capricorn again that is I don't think we can underestimate the the density that we are clearing, the mountains we are moving, you know right now with our healing journey. and through personal relationship and the inner person like doing the deeper work internally depending on where you're at with it it's just i really have felt like 2023 is the tipping point of this entire turning of the age i feel like this year is it yeah i keep saying it i keep feeling it we are beginning to emerge but until we move from pluto and capricorn fully you know and and we'll have our own that has its own set of challenges you know of course but but just to honor that that 29 degrees, 28 degrees, Capricorn is that's some heavy lifting right there. Yeah. That we're in the middle of.
0: Yep. And that's right on my Sun and Venus.
1: <laughs> oh, it is. Wow. <laughs> which no wonder you're having
0: all this feeling stuff going on. Oh God, it's been intense. But I like I, that. I do feel like I'm on the lighter side of it now, which is mm-hmm. nice. But um Yeah, there was something you said, and oh, gosh, I'm losing it. It might be getting close to wrap this up anyway.
1: I feel that too, yes.
0: Yeah, but wow, what an amazing conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Would we have expected any less? (laughs)
1: Wow.
0: Hmm. Oh, I, I know what it was, though. The, when I was thinking about the trampoline thing, I I like what you're saying about, there's a part about staying grounded as well, because I think we can go on these, like, we can get in these little, like, blissful kind of fits that we get into sometimes, right? And there's a shadow side to that sometimes where we can, it's that bypass or it's that not... It can, you can be sort of like blind to what people are going through around you. And so I think that's sort of what you were pointing out. Yeah. And I'm just reiterating is that yeah I think it's important to allow yourself to have those moments, but I don't know that we're yet, that we're meant to live there yet. You know, yeah. it feels like yeah. we're the peaks of yeah. what is okay. possible. Um, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's like a whole other conversation too I always I wonder about like this whole new earth idea and I do think that we're mm-hmm. evolving into a place where we're embodying more of our consciousness
1: yeah yeah but exactly. like
0: that's the thing it's like we're still here yeah you know, like we're
1: yeah we're still yeah, here I and hear it, you we're not floating away <laughs> No, we want to be here. We want to learn how to be here in the most, I think, you know, I think presence. Our whole conversation has been about the feminine, I think, in so many ways, as well as always wanting to balance the masculine polarity with it. But I think that I love, again, Marion Woodman's concept of, I mean, she speaks to the feminine as being about presence, just very... Like permeating presence, and that does go back to the great mother, right? And yeah. and I do think that the mother is always primal. It is the prima materia, as you said. That was brilliant, and I loved that. And I, I do think when we go through cycles as a humanity, that we do go back to the great mother. We go back to that. And so, yeah, I hear you about the new earth and the ascension, and 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 what what is that? Maybe it's hard to say, you know, sometimes you feel the tone of it and it does feel like the old Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you feel the tone of it and it's like, well, of course we want relief from the heaviness we've been experiencing. right? And there's something, you know, look at your, the focus of your podcast, that there is a lightning that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And how do we simultaneously allow the lightning to happen as that lightning actually helps us become more sold? You know, I, I, ultimately I feel, I do feel again, the morning star journey is a a journey of ensoulment. I feel like what Venus is doing in the sky is always the mirror opposite of what we're doing here on earth. So Mm. when she's at her furthest from the earth, we're in our deepest heart of the earth is my sense. Mm. So she, Inanna lets go of the trappings of civilization, et cetera. So she can come home to the heart of, of the great mother.
0: Whoa! Wow! Yeah, it's traversing all the worlds.
1: Yeah, all the worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, this was so amazing, Tammy. Thank you so mm-hmm.
1: much. Thank you, Wendy. Just incredible to talk to you from the beginning, even before we started recording. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, and good. I want to say
0: this good. is like you've seen how powerful just. I'm just dipping my toe in Tammy like yeah so I want to thank you for carrying this work on and being devoted to it because Mm. how powerful is it I haven't even fully consciously journeyed with Venus yet (laughs) and it it has been like
1: incredible already (laughs) Mm -hmm. in this lifetime yes yeah yeah (laughs) I love that (laughs) yeah thank you thank you for for honoring that thank you
0: yeah and um is there anything you would else you would like to share before we leave any closing words and I know you have a, a program you mentioned a little bit about it but if you'd like to share more about that feel free
1: sure it's um it's my morning star venus journey and the way i've created this is an eight-month journey and it's really for women who are guiding other circles or communities of women or have that as their intent so that they be able to have this really well grounded and embodied through their own experience understanding of how to work with the venus cycle Excuse me. So so in the eight months it's morning star. And so it's taking us through the Venus morning star journey. We've been talking about here. And I also weave in the dreaming because I always do. And so, you know, the women who are doing this are gonna be gaining these tools and also going through it personally. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. And it's yeah, you can find it at Tammybrunk.com backslash events. And it starts in less than a week. It starts Sunday the thirteenth because that's when Venus is going to be with the heart of the sun, Kazini. Okay. So, yeah, so that's the event. And just any words, I think, I think I kind of already said it. I think to me, and we've been speaking to it, it's, it is about the process of ensoulment. Mm. And it is about the process of, I love what you're saying, having spirit be really alive in our bodies and being present, just being present to this life and and I I do feel that when we do that, that there is an ecstatic undertone to it. I do think so. I yeah. do feel there's an ecstatic layer. Absolutely. And and that ecstasy encompasses all of it, right? The depths that you go to with the feeling. And mm-hmm. it's it's there and and being willing to be here, being willing to be present. So yeah, I think I'll just leave it there.
0: I love it. I love it. I feel like that's where the magic happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Wendy, for this beautiful work you're doing. It's just stunning. And so many transmissions you brought through today that I'm just going to be sitting with. It's just really potent.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Light Always Wins. You can find me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and hit subscribe, and maybe share with some of your friends. Until next time, remember Light Always Wins.